SMS SAFM now on 41391 on 081041 the importance of us putting our jellyfish on the map. Thank you very much for joining us, A Team guest, Verena. Hi there. Oh. Great to be here. <laughs> Let me ask, why are you giggling? Oh no, I'm, I always just get a little bit nervous with public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, listen, I must compliment you. You are very beautiful. I'm looking at your picture here and I'm like, wow, Um, she's a beautiful lady. She's an intelligent lady. And she's one that wants to put Africa on the map. Talk to us about uh, why jellyfish can be found in almost every ocean in the world. But we need to start looking carefully at the African type of jellyfish. Mm -hmm. Well, as you have said, jellyfish is found in nearly every ocean around the world. Um, and they are in general quite understudied, but African jellyfish and gene in particular, sorry, are particularly understudied. And I think it is in part because there's a lack of expertise, maybe a lack of training, um, but there's also just a lack of researchers working on jellyfish on the African continent in general. There aren't that many of us. And so I think because of that, it's just a general lack of data, a general lack of knowledge um, around what we have on our coast. And I think that's what sparked a lot of the work that we are currently doing. It's just the lack of knowledge that we have. Mm. And obviously the lack of knowledge, and especially when it comes to the African type, is the one that is also not putting Africa in the map when it comes to jellyfish. Why is the jellyfish species so important? Well, jellyfish species are important for numerous reasons. And I'm going to start with just a couple of the ecosystem services that they provide. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm not going to make it too technical, um, but one of the key things that jellyfish do is they really do indicate to us what's happening with our ocean circulation patterns because they tend to be swept around and moved by surface water currents for the most part. Um, it tells us a lot about how the, circ- the oceans are circulating, some patterns around that, and also surface wind patterns. And we can deduce from, from a lot of, of where jellyfish are just located. And then other things that they do is they do play a very big role in the mixing of oceanic nutrients. So they are able to, by swimming and moving up and down, sort of pull some of the nutrients from surface water down to the deeper water, which we are starting to see now. So they play a very big role in that mixing and then bringing nutrients to organisms that are maybe further down in the water column and things like that. And then besides that, they are also a prey species. We are starting to see now many more species actually eat jellyfish than we previously thought. And when they are not in the system, then it actually does have dramatic consequences for other species that are found there that we do know specifically mm. eat jellyfish. Just to mention a couple of things that I mean, I could go on forever. <laughs> I can tell that this is a topic uh, quite uh, close to your heart, Verena. Verena, let's talk about some of the negative effects that um, having a swamp, a large swamp of jellyfish uh, come together. Yeah, so to me, the positive 
um, consequences of having jellyfish in the water always outweigh the negative. Mm. Because there are just so few species who do actually cause these problematic blooms that you speak of. Um, but when they do bloom, it can be quite disastrous. So we know that on multiple coastlines, particularly countries who have um, coastal nuclear power plants, for example, their cooling intake systems often get blocked when jellyfish blooms, it causes such expensive shutdowns, blackouts sometimes, um, which are very, very costly. And then cleaning the jellyfish out of the systems again is sometimes a very daunting task. And you wouldn't think that it would be because it's jellyfish, it's gelatinous, but it really, really is. And also another thing that they do is because they are such keen and strong and formidable predators, they can really just have catastrophic effects on the ecosystems that they occur in because of the predatory sort of pressure downward. So when they are in sort of mass and in large numbers, they eat so much of what's in the sort of in the food chain, um, lower down in the food chain, that they can just sort of cause an entire food chain to crash or even an entire ecosystem dynamics to even change. So they actually are such an important member of the zooplankton. And so it's, it's quite mind-boggling to me that not more people are studying them. Mm. And I think uh, maybe it's because, like you said, there's a lack of knowledge. But also, mm. um, when it comes to the manpower required to actually go into this particular research, isn't it quite intricate and also quite um, expensive to start to doing this uh, particular research around jellyfish? Well, some of it is, is quite expensive. I think what we are doing now can become quite expensive because of the scale that we are doing it. Um, I mean, we're trying to investigate population and species patterns across the whole East and West African coastline. That's a massive project. Um, but smaller projects are, are fairly easier to get started. I mean, to get started with a, a, just a standard sort of morphological investigation, which is sort of just an investigation of what they look like physically, you know, measurements, photographs, things like that. That can happen um, without quite quite a lot of money, with no money, actually. Um, and, and that can sort of just spark a lot more projects. But I think when you start moving into the larger scale projects where you really need samples from multiple oceans, multiple countries, that becomes expensive. Mm. And then when you're moving on to more specialized analysis, like the DNA analysis, you know, extracting DNA and amplifying that DNA, analyzing it, that then is where the money starts <laughs> coming in. But, I mean, many projects can, can happen with minimal money and minimal effort. Um, well, not minimal effort, minimal manpower, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, it mm-hmm. takes a lot of effort. <laughs> but, I mean, you could do a lot with very few people if people were willing to do the work as well. We are talking uh, to A-Team guests at this moment uh, around an environmental and uh, science issue which is putting Africa's jellyfish on the map and uh, that requires a lot of research. If you are one who's keen about uh, the oceans and uh, the environment, please do uh, contact and uh, speak to us about that A-Team on our SMS number which is 41391 or you can call on 891 Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. 
104 to 107 nationwide. This is SAFM Late Night Conversation. A team, we are here speaking environment and science, and we are taking a look at uh, the jellyfish, a very important issue when it comes to looking at the environment. Hence, we are, you know, taking another look at this particular issue. And uh, with us, we've got PhD candidate Verena Russ at the University of uh, Western Cape. Verena, you know, there's one thing I want us to talk about. As much as here in Africa, uh, it might not be a delicacy, but jellyfish is eaten uh, in other parts of the world. Is all jellyfish edible? Well, I guess we'd still be needing to investigate a lot of that, but we've been finding that there aren't too many species that are being eaten. There are a few key species, most of which are what we call battle jellyfish, so they are really big, um, very dense jellyfish. Um, So they are fairly, not fairly easy, but it's it's easier to turn them into something that can be eaten by humans than some of the other jellyfish, which are just almost completely just water. So when you try and turn them into anything else, they tend to just turn into a gelatinous <laughs> And, I mean, you're a scientist and you deal with jellyfish. For those that are edible, are there any nutritional benefits to eating them? And I'm asking this question purely because it's, it's not a food that we are tapping into in Africa. And obviously there's a lot of species that we have not uh, discovered due to the lack mm-hmm. of research. And if... Jellyfish can be eaten and has nutritional benefits. Maybe it's one of those things that could alleviate some of the food uh, insecurity that we have. Mm -hmm. So not too much is actually known about the nutritional value of jellyfish because, like I said, not that many people are studying them. But there have been a couple of studies where they've tried to sort of begin to to put some uh, stats against what is actually found within the jellyfish, some numbers against that. And some people were showing that in some species there is a significant amount of protein, not significant in terms of what we would, I guess, deem significant in terms of concentrations of protein, etc. But there are some significant concentrations of protein and other macronutrients and micronutrients that are found within jellyfish. And I think that if they are explored a little bit more, we might see that maybe the way that those nutrients are, 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 are spread throughout the tissues of jellyfish um, might be not what we think they are. So there's lots of work that still needs to be done. Um, and I think that the fact that so many more species eat jellyfish than we saw it before should be an indicator to us that perhaps there is much more nutritional value. And the fact that there are so many fisheries now popping up around the world, and, um, and particularly in places where there are dense human populations, and the fact that they have taken it up um, and taken it in stride and turned it into so many products, she tell us a little bit about the potential of jellyfish economically. Now, you know, what, what has triggered you to go into this research? I, I can tell you're very passionate about it. And because there are few people going into it, um, I'd like to know what your interest was around jellyfish and the species. So I've had quite a, a keen interest in marine biology um, from quite a young age, I would say. But I never, ever, when I thought about marine biology, associated that with jellyfish. Um, I think, in my mind, marine biology was always sharks and dolphins and oceanography. I think it was, was about what came to mind when I thought about marine biology. And I thought about looking at water and waves and chemical compositions. And then when I finished my undergraduate studies at the University of the Western Cape and came into the honors program for the first time, For the first time, we had to choose these topics and projects that we would um, sort of be undertaking for the rest of the year. 
and that would be our little mini thesis. Um, and so it would be our first real exposure into proper, proper research. We draft a proper um, report style paper, etc. And one of the topics that were sort of up for the choosing was this little jellyfish project, which was the taxonomic project that I did um, in my honors year at UWC. And it was all around jellyfish and South African jellyfish and taxonomic work around them. And what, I, what drew me to the project was that, unlike any of the other projects that I had seen that year, there were so many skills that I would learn with that project. So we had automorphological stuff, um, so the measurements and analyzing the data statistically. I could do all the genetics, which was extracting DNA and comparing the different species. Um, and then even histology, so I did a lot of slide work. So I was making um, really cool slides and, and looking at that under the microscope for, for some further insights. Um, but there, was all, there were all these little things that I would learn that I that I was just very keen to learn. And once I started the project, I just completely fell in love with jellyfish. And the more I learned about them and learned how little we know about them, I just went, you know what? This is so interesting. There are so few people doing it. I don't think I'm ever going to make a ton of money doing this. But you know what? I love it. It's exciting. It's interesting. And I've just never looked back. <laughs> mm. Well, there's an A-teamer who'd like to engage us, and that's Mtandeke. Remember, A-teamers, the number to dial is 0891-104-207 or 011-714-4045. If you want to SMS us, it's on 41391. We are speaking to Verena Russ about the African jellyfish, and uh, she's a PhD candidate at the University of Western Cape. Mtandeke, thank you very much for holding. How are you this evening? Hi, I'm okay yourself, Patricia. I'm good, thank you for asking. Thanks a lot. Uh, I really enjoy this type of uh, uh, discussions uh, so much because it links with me when I was somewhere there in Stockholm in 1997. And the issue one happened to have attended the laboratory scientific school there in the island. And one question I posed was around the question of the gray fish. When then I heard about the jellyfish, my question to your guest is to just to have understanding. Given these changes climatologically, in terms of climate change, in terms of other things that impact the life, like the tsunamis and so on, how guaranteed is the life of the jellyfish presently? And what measures perhaps have been anticipated to can secure this very, very unique species of fishes. That's a question I just want to hear from. If indeed it has not been so looked at, is it part of her studies now to complete a PhD? Thank you. Thank you very much, Mtandegi. Very pertinent questions there, Verena. I'm sure you've heard Mtandegi's questions. Yes, uh, that's actually a really, really wonderful question, and thank you for that. So I'll start by saying that jellyfish have been predicted to be within our oceans for actually more than 500 million years. The oldest um, fossils that were found were about that old. So we know that jellyfish have actually existed within our oceans for much longer than we think and much longer than we know. And although we are seeing many new species now being um, identified and described recently, it doesn't mean that they haven't been there for quite a long time. Um, And one of the interesting things that we are seeing with jellyfish at the moment is that they are not showing many signs of slowing down most species. 
there are some species where numbers are declining and of course there are in some cases places where we don't even know what jellyfish are there like on the African continent in many places. But for the most part there are many jellyfish populations that are growing and that are actually starting to diversify. So what I showed with one of our recent papers with the description of the new jellyfish species along South Africa was that we were starting to see a split between, for example, the Namibian populations and the South African populations. And that split was sort of predicted to have started to happen only quite recently. So what we are actually seeing is that many populations are starting to diverge into even new species. So I personally don't think that jellyfish is going anywhere anytime soon. It's all about how we respond to those problematic species that can be a nuisance and how we manage them. But that's the thing, though. We can't manage them and we can't respond if we don't know what they is and where they occur. So that is where sort of a lot of our work now with our bigger partners um, are coming in and starting to build those patterns and those trends so that we can say to people like you, yes, you know, they are going to grow and they are going to span and be sure about it, we're 100% sure about it. But at the moment, we just can't be. But based on the data that we do have, we can see that over the last, say, 20 million years, we've seen many more species pop up in that time span than we have uh, before that period, almost ever. So that also shows us that something's happening with our oceans. It's changing. This jellyfish respond very quickly, right, to oceanic changes, to changes in temperature, changes in salinity. Jellyfish are some of the first organisms to respond, and they respond quickly. So if there was this trend for them to disappear and decline, we'd be seeing that, but we're seeing the opposite. We're seeing a trend in many oceans where species numbers are increasing, um, where the number of, of, of actual jellyfish there are increasing. And I mean, that could be because more work's being done, but we also think that it is possibly because they are actually increasing, um, at least in their diversity not necessarily in the in the biomass in their numbers. I'm sorry, does that answer your question? Uh, well, Mtaneg is no longer on the line, but uh, it definitely did uh, paint a scenario and a picture for us. Let me go to an SMS here from our A-teamer. The A-teamer asks, does plastic in the ocean affect jellyfish? That's a very interesting question, actually. I think that plastic in the ocean doesn't affect jellyfish as much as it might affect some other organisms. Um, it has been shown that sometimes particles of plastic are actually found within jellyfish stomachs, but that is to be expected uh, because a lot of them just sort of cough anything up into the water that they get trapped in their oral arms, so that, that is to be expected. Whether they absolutely affect the actual organism, you really just don't know if jellyfish are really affected. Jellyfish are not affected by many, many things um, in the same way that other animals are. And we're seeing that with the way that they respond to what is typically negative things to, to other species and other organisms. Sometimes they respond quite well. They respond in quite the opposite way. Um, so it's quite interesting the, the way that the research is developing and, and the insights that we're starting to learn. So, yeah, so the work, the work has just been, it's been quite interesting. And uh, the last message that I can uh, go to now on SMS from my A-teamer, they say, Two Oceans Aquarium in Cape Town has beautiful jellyfish exhibit. And uh, I'm sure a lot of us would like to go and see this jellyfish. And um, from your side, uh, uh, Verena, what is it that you can say to encourage South Africa and the rest of Africa to ensure that we put our jellyfish on the map? 
So I would just like to say that based on these numerous services and all these potential economic benefits of jellyfish, I would say that I'm just so shocked that not more of us are starting to invest in research surrounding jellyfish. Um, I think there has been a significant improvement in terms of how many people are starting to notice jellyfish and notice the importance. Uh, but I think that we can do a lot more to ensure that, that, as you said, they get put on our map. And one of the things that we can do is really just encourage young budding marine biologists who might be interested in the sort of more scarce fields of taxonomy and genetics to just drive them and push them to do it and show them and tell them that they can because it's only us that can put jellyfish on the map, right? It's only us, only the Africans, in my opinion. And we don't want to be giving that credit to everybody internationally to come into our waters and take that credit and discover all of our species. We want that to be driven by us. I and mean, that's been something that, that we've put a lot of pride in in a lot of the work that we've done at UWC is that most of our things have been really African-driven. And I think that by encouraging more young people to do this kind of work, we will start seeing a growing in the body of knowledge, in the awareness, and I think we would start seeing jellyfish on the map. (laughs) Well, we're looking forward to that, and I'd like to wish you all the best as you continue with uh, your PhD uh, studies. I mean, you're finishing next year in uh, June, all things being equal, while still holding up a full-time job. So I'm wishing you all the best of luck. Thank you so much, and thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to, to be on your show. Excellent. Thank you very much, Marina. SAFM leading the late-night conversation.